Good morning, Real Life family. I'm so excited to be joining with you again online. I feel like it's been a little minute since I've been seeing you on your screen. So I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited that you decided to join us this morning. And I am pumped up to be able to bring you God's message today. For those of you who don't know me yet, my name is Megan Fondren. And I say every time that I'm preaching, but it's true. And I just have to say it again. It is truly an honor and a privilege to be bringing you God's message today that he wants to share with you guys. And you know, I've always known from a really young age that God was calling me to preach, but I never knew how in the world I was going to get here. You know, it took every me saying yes to every call that God put on my life, however small it seemed in my own eyes, that eventually led me here. And you know, it may have taken a really long time in my own eyes, but God's timing is perfect. And I'm here in this moment for a reason, for such a time as this. And the best part is that now that I am here, God is taking me to the next level. He's calling me and he's giving me that next dream and that next vision. And he has so much more for me, as he does for all of us, you guys. Because if you haven't gathered yet, if you haven't picked up on it yet, it is my passion to allow God to use me, to just spark something inside of you that allows and inspires the spirit to come alive in every aspect of your life so that you can start walking in your purpose every day and every moment. Because guys, if you forget everything else that I say this morning, remember this, you were made on purpose for a purpose. All right, so let's dive right in. But as always, start with prayer. God, I just thank you so much that you've called me to do this. Thank you, God, that even though I don't feel worthy because of what you did on that cross, Jesus, you see me differently and you've instilled something in me to just have this, this desire to speak your truth and to speak your word and just get people excited for what you're doing. So God, thank you that your mercies are new every morning and that in our weakness, you are made strong. And God, I just pray that the word that you've given me will go forth to accomplish the purpose for which you have sent it, God. I pray that you give us wisdom and revelation so that we can know you more. And God, perfect what is lacking in our faith today so that you get more honor, more glory to your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, guys, if you have been with us the last few weeks, you know that we've been spending quite a bit of time in a series called Build Yourselves Up. And God has shown us through the series that we have been given practical tools that we can and should be using on a daily basis to build ourselves up. And we've been using uh, Jude verses 20 through 21 as our foundation for this series. And I just wanna remind you of what Jude writes. But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Now, if you're checking us out for the first or maybe second time, first of all, welcome. I never want to miss an opportunity to say hello to somebody that I haven't met yet. I've been praying all week that you are already experiencing God's love and his presence and his power and that you don't leave this message this morning. You don't turn off your phone or turn off the screen the same person as when you turned it on. I've been praying for you. So welcome, we're so excited that you're joining with us. 
But if you are just joining with us, or maybe if you've been with us the last few weeks, but you haven't been paying much attention, or maybe you just forgot, I just want to recap briefly the things that we've been learning about the last few weeks in this series. So we're learning that Jesus came to give us life and life to the fullest. Pastor Tim and Ryan have done an awesome job of breaking down some real life tips on how we can allow Jesus to do this in our lives. So first of all, from week one, we learned that we need to know how to read the Bible and we need to be doing it. 2 Timothy 3.16 from the NIV says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Very important to read your Bible, to memorize it, to meditate on it. It's powerful. Then the week after that, we learned how to pray and what exactly prayer is. And again, the fact that we should be doing it. And prayer is simply speaking to God. We're supposed to have this relationship with God, but how are we supposed to develop this close relationship like he desires if we never talk to him? So talk to God like he's your father because that's who he is. Talk to him like he's your best friend because that's who he is. We also learned that prayer is speaking with great authority and it's a way to release heaven on earth and it's actually an exchange with God himself. So yes, God is our father and God is our best friend and we should be talking to him like that. But what blows my mind the most is that he wants us to see him as those things, but yet he is still the creator of the universe. And he longs to commune with us, to, to talk with us, to get to know us, to have a relationship with us. That is exciting. And finally, we learned that prayer is a spirit-led self-evaluation that actually leads to our transformation. So guys, there is so much power when we actually learn how to access it. So next, we dove into some awesome spirit teaching, and we were learning about the gifts of the spirit, spiritual language, and then just last week, Pastor Tim just barely covered the tip of the iceberg when he started the series on, or the topic on spiritual warfare. And I say that because there's just so much more that I know that he could go into, and I have a feeling that he's going to bring an entire series on it pretty soon, and I'm really looking forward to it. But last week was spiritual warfare, so then when Pastor Tim and I were discussing what I was going to speak on this morning, he kind of said that I could have a little freedom and just pick a topic or pick a message of whatever God leads me to speak to you all about. So I started praying about it, and to be completely honest with you guys, I started getting a little bit of anxiety, and I started worrying about what in the world I was going to actually write a message about to share with you all. Because I just, I don't know, I felt like I had writer's block or something because I just felt like God wasn't being completely clear with the direction that he wanted me to take. So, I mean, I simply waited on the Lord. I was still, which I hate. I am not good at it. But I put on some worship music. I prayed. I was seeking him daily. And as he always does, he showed up and he gave me the message that he wants me to share with you all today. And I want to share with you that now that we're built up, or at least have the tools in our toolbox to start the building process, God wants to ignite that divine spark in you and declare today that it is time to start living. But before I go on, 
I want you to remember that each person is unique. He created you as his masterpiece. So when you look around you and it seems like everyone else is there, they're happier, they're healthier, they're more spiritually mature, they're stronger, they're, they've got themselves together more, they're more alive than you are. Guys, remember that the comparison game is an ancient tactic that the devil still uses today to distract us from what God is doing and still wants to do in your life. So don't fall for it, okay? It's okay that if you feel like you're not built up enough or if you feel like you don't have yourself together enough in your own eyes because it's the broken, the weak, the lowly, the least of these, the scorned, that God chooses to use for the biggest jobs that actually make the most impact on the kingdom. So don't be like me and get caught up in the fact that you have to be at this certain level for God to use you. Because you know what? We are exactly why God gives a message like this one and delivers that was delivered through this series so that we can start this lifelong process of spiritual growth. So if you haven't gathered yet from this series, the purpose of building ourselves up is so that we can come alive. In John 10, 10, one of my absolute favorite scriptures, I wanna read it from a few different translations. First of all, the NIV, Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. The NLT, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. New King James Version, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. The Passion Translation, which is more of an interpretation than a translation, but is beautiful nonetheless. But I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect. Life in its fullness until you overflow. Guys, are you getting the picture yet? Jesus came to give you life. So I want to finish off this sermon series by inspiring you to take the next steps after you've built yourself up, and that is to start living alive, okay? Because there is a big difference between having a life and living. There's a difference between existing and truly living real life to the full. One of my favorite bands of all time, the Ren Collective Experience, or Experiment, the Ren Collective Experiment. I encourage you to check them out. They are amazing. And it's actually, they have a song called Live Alive, where I got some inspiration for today's message and definitely the inspiration for today's title of this message. But the song Live Alive is so powerful. And at the intro to the song, the songwriter says this, existing is just breathing, but living is breathtaking. Existing is just a beating heart, but living is a racing heart. As Jude writes, building yourself up in your most holy faith, but remembering that God gives us each a measure of faith. And also remembering that God's measure is not going to be small. We don't serve a stingy God. We serve a God who does exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever hope or even imagine. So when we build ourselves up in that kind of faith, we truly start living alive. God takes us on an adventure like nothing that we have ever experienced before. So living alive looks a little bit different than we might expect because the kingdom of heaven is a backwards kingdom after all. So I want to take some time today exploring what I think of as the two main components of what living life to the full actually looks like. First of all, 
our own personal freedom from sin and death and all the strife and bondage that comes along with it. That's the first element of a full life. Jesus had a purpose when he stepped down off his throne in heaven and became flesh and blood here on earth. And he first made this, this purpose known and, and publicly proclaimed it when he preached his first sermon, which actually took place in his hometown. And we can read about that first sermon in Luke chapter 4. And in Luke um, chapter 4, 18, he actually makes the statement. And I'm going to read from the NIV, and this is Jesus speaking here. This, and this is for Luke 4, 18. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So the bottom line of why Jesus came is to redeem and restore us back into a position so that we can be reconciled back to God the way that God always intended it, to be constantly, always in his presence. Because as 2 Corinthians 3.17 tells us where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Darkness just, or I mean, the evil of this world cannot take away the freedom that Jesus bought and paid for. The darkness just cannot contend with this light. And, you know, we live in a dark and fallen world, but when we build ourselves up the way that we've been learning to do these last few weeks, we don't have to succumb to that darkness anymore. We have a promise of so much better. And in John 1, 5, the NIV, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. So when we submit ourselves to the Lord, recognizing him, surrendering our will and our lives and, and surrendering it to him and recognizing him as our master, our, our savior, our Abba Father, when we submit, we actually get freedom and real life to the full. And with you, if you were with us a few months back, uh, we were actually preaching a series on our core values here at this church. And it was right before we changed our name from Lamb of God Fellowship to Real Life, I actually preached the message on the freedom that comes with living alive, knowing Jesus. So I want to briefly remind you of what this specific freedom looks like. And the Hebrew word for freedom from Jesus's proclamation of why he came in the first place is actually really cool. And when he makes the statement as described in Luke chapter four, Jesus is actually reading from a scroll because remember he's kind of preaching a sermon here. So he's reading from a scroll, much like we read from the Bible when we're preaching. And this particular passage that he was reading is from Isaiah 61, one through two. So the original text would have been in Hebrew. And if you remember, the word, the Hebrew word for freedom in this passage is deror. And deror translated into our language is a release or a flowing freedom. And as one translation puts it, to move about without restrictions. So it's this fluid, constantly moving, present tense verb, which means it's not an event that's done once, that's it, and then that's all you get. It's more of like... Um, describing the process of God releasing us from our sin and the effects of sin, which we know sin leads to a corruption of our mind, body, and soul, which ends up leading to real tangible effects. 
And these effects are things such as depression, anxiety, fear, physical illness, strained or broken relationships, restlessness, the list goes on and on and on. But as Jesus declared, one of the reasons he came was that we might have this de roar type of freedom. So he who knew no sin became sin for us and paid the price for our chains to be broken. And as John 8.36 tells us, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And now by learning how to build ourselves up, the corruption of our mind, body, and soul can be released and we are set free to live alive. And that freedom comes with very real, very tangible effects as well. So peace that passes all understanding, a perfect love that casts out all fear, whole, healed, healthy bodies, free of sickness, chronic disease, and pain, victory over our enemy, long, healthy quality of life. But while redeeming and restoring us back into God's favor and setting us free is why Jesus came, it doesn't stop there. Which brings me to the next component of what I feel living alive looks like and living life to the full looks like. Because after realizing our freedom, we realize along the journey of building ourselves up that living life is actually not about us at all. And I love what 1 Corinthians 5, 16 through 20 has to say about this. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone, is, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. So now that we're made new, our whole perspective on people should change. We should now be looking them or looking at them as souls that God loves and that Jesus died for instead of just humans or bodies just inhabiting the earth. So 1 Corinthians goes on to continue to say this. All this is from God who reconciles us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. And an ambassador does the will of the one that they are representing. And in this case, Jesus is wanting us to take this message of reconciliation to the world. Or in simpler terms, he wants us to take the gospel to the world. And in simpler terms, even further, if you don't know what the gospel means, it just simply means that Jesus has come to seek and save the lost. He wants us to share this with everybody. And you know, he left us with a heavy job, but nothing is impossible for God. And we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. So that should be some encouragement this morning for you. And I feel like based on this information alone, it's pretty clear that the second part of coming alive and living life to the full is actually about going and making disciples of others. But if you need a little bit more proof, listen to this. In fact, after Jesus finished it all on the cross, he said it is finished. He took on our sin. He took on our curse. He took on our infirmities so that we would be set free. And then he solidified who he was when he rose from the grave three days later. After he did all that, then he came back. And that's when he gave us the Great Commission before he ascended into heaven. 
So guys, now that we have the tools to build ourselves up and be set free, it's time to start building others up. In real life, this church, in fact, the church as a whole, is on the brink of a harvest like this community and this world has never seen. And specifically here at Real Life, we're about to celebrate our 40th birthday. And the last 40 years have been spent sowing and laboring and building this firm foundation that allows God to be able to move here in and through us like we've never experienced before. So continue to build yourselves up, but remember that it doesn't stop with us. And as we learned last week, we are in a war and life is so much more than just surviving. And it's actually more than even thriving for ourselves. We are fighting for a kingdom and that kingdom is made up of people, of souls, and we are charged with invading the darkness, with taking this kingdom of light and actually piercing that darkness and invading it, not standing by passively, hoping somebody walking by sees some little spark in us and is drawn to it. Although it can happen that way, that's not what God intended for us. And John 3.19 says, God's light came into the world. It was active. The light is Jesus and Jesus made that first move. So let's be proactive too. You know, we've been meditating on Jude verses 20 through 21 these last few weeks, but I want to wrap up this series by switching our focus to Jude verse 23. So after we've been told to build ourselves up in our most holy faith, Jude tells us in verse 23, and I'm reading from the NLT here, rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. It seems so hard. It seems impossible when we know how much evil is in the world and we're constantly being blasted with the illusion that the evil and the darkness is winning. So I want to encourage you that if God commissioned us, it's not impossible. God wanted me to share with you today three ways that you can come alive, that you get to come alive by walking out the Great Commission and snatching others from the flames. First of all, it starts at home with your family, your spouse, your children. Proverbs 22, six from the NIV, train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Ephesians 5:25, husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Exodus 20, verse 12, honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. And finally, Psalm 127, three through five, this is one of my favorites. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies at the gate. If you equip yourself with a quiver full of God's righteousness by raising up spirit-filled, spirit-directed children, right there by itself, you are exponentially expanding the kingdom of heaven. But it's going to take work. It's going to require you to be intentional and actively be fighting for your family. So I have a few tips for you, a few ideas. Do family Bible studies together. Have a game night. Eat at the table together. Even if you're so, so busy, one night a week, eat at the table together. Pray together. Laugh together. Talk about what God is doing in your life 
and then talk about what you feel God is speaking to you about your children's lives or your spouse's lives or ask them what they feel God's doing in their lives. Speak God's truth over your marriage, your spouse, and your children. Next, after our, we take the commission, the great commission to our families, we should be extending it to our circle of influence, our friends, our coworkers, our extended family, our neighbors. So if you don't know this already, you'll, you'll soon learn that real life is all about relationships. And that's because relationships are probably the most influential evangelical tool that we have. So if we build relationships with those around us, we start to build a trust and a respect that allows us to speak truth with love into their lives. And it also allows us to share our testimony with them. And the Bible also tells us to love our neighbors as ourselves. So here's a few tips for you. Are you making dinner tonight? Make a little extra and take it over to your neighbor or make a whole extra dish and take it to somebody who just got out of the hospital or who just had surgery or something like that. Surprise your coworkers tomorrow, Monday. Nobody likes a Monday. Surprise your coworkers tomorrow with your famous chocolate chip cookies. They're probably not gonna be as good as my daughter Olivia's chocolate chip cookies, but it is the thought that counts, okay? Are you shoveling snow? Probably not because let's forget I said that and we'll actually say, cause I don't wanna like prematurely think about snow. So forgive me for saying that, okay? Are you mowing your grass? You know, God blessed you with the finances for you to pay for that zero, zero turn for you to mow your half an acre. So why don't you go ahead and take that blessing that God's given you and go mow your neighbor's grass or maybe that elderly couple down the street, mow their grass. It's simple like that. And then chit chat with them before you leave. When you build relationships while you're living life according to God's word, which remember tells us that we should be living like Jesus and Jesus came to serve. When you're living your life that when you're living your life that way, you are shining your light. And Matthew 5:16 says, "Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven." And shining your light doesn't have to be preachy. It's more about showing kindness, goodness, gentleness, joy. It's having peace when there's chaos all around. It's being quick to listen and slow to speak. It's being meek and it's letting your speech be gracious. It's sharing your own testimony and openly talking about how amazing and awesome God is by what he's doing in your own life. And I've always loved what 1 Peter 3.15 from the NIV says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. That's your testimony. But then the scripture finishes up by saying this, but do this with gentleness and respect because it really should never be argumentative. In fact, Ephesians 4.15 tells us that we should be speaking truth in love. Now, this doesn't mean that we should be excusing the sin but remember what 1 Corinthians taught us, that we are now a new creation and we no longer look at people from a worldly point of view. We now look at them as Christ sees them. So while that sin is very real, we still love the sinner. And so we can speak truth to them while loving them and seeing them as Jesus does. Somebody who he died and bled for so that they could eventually find freedom as well. So by us shining our light into their lives, not condemning them, 
that light that you're shining is going to pierce the darkness. They're, you're going to make a difference. So ask the spirit, or actually, I want to encourage you to just live in the moment and allow the spirit to guide you. Ephesians 5, uh, 15 through 16 tells us a little bit of how we should be living in the moment because it is a little bit different than what the world thinks living in the moment looks like. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. So I want you to just ask the spirit to lead you into how you can reach those around you and trust God when he says that the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. So finally, you know, we take this message of reconciliation or we take the gospel to our family, our circle of influence. Now we need to be taking it to the world. Mark 16, 15. And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Now you don't have to be called to be an overseas minister, or missionary to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. You could be a financial supporter of an overseas missionary. You could be a prayer supporter of an overseas missionary. You could host a missionary family in your home when they're here in America. You could participate in a fundraiser that raises money to send a team on a missions trip. Here at Real Life, trivia night, so much fun. Soup to go, amazing. The golf scramble that we just did a couple weeks ago, that gives scholarship money to kids on their way into some sort of um, ministry vocation or going to a Christian college so that they can be launched off to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. We have the funnest fundraisers that support the furthering of God's kingdom. So you can be involved in that, but you can do more too. You always can go overseas or you can go across state lines or you can go across county lines or you can go across the street. A few examples or some ideas for you to maybe get involved. Go on a missions trip. Volunteer for disaster relief. Volunteer in your community and get your family involved because this is just another way that you can raise up that child in the way they should go by being an example of God's love and power and how he proactively fights for us and for others. A previous pastor of mine used to use this phrase, we should be doing anything and everything short of sinning to reach people. And I love it. And it comes from scripture, 1 Corinthians 9.22. To the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. And remember guys, Luke 5.31, Jesus answered them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. We have already received our healing and our freedom when we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Now, we may still be going through that building process and building ourselves up and that de roar freedom, which is a, a flowing release. It's not a one-time thing. It's this constantly moving and flowing kind of freedom. We may still be going through that, but we aren't considered sick anymore. And we aren't considered stuck in our sin or death any longer. And now it's the sick out there that we need to be reaching. So as Matthew 28, 19, 19 through 20 challenges, this is Jesus challenging us, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And the best part about this challenge, Jesus finishes it off with this, 
and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So I want to close with these final thoughts. You know, I said earlier that there's a big difference between living and living alive. You know, life to the full. And, and maybe you've been barely scraping by feeling unseen, unheard, unloved. Or maybe you've been going through the motions feeling numb. And I'm here to remind you today that, that there is more you know, when Jesus said that he came, that they may have life and have it to the full, he meant you. He meant now. He didn't mean that he's waiting until you build yourself up enough or get yourself together enough to be worthy of his love. There is nothing that you can do to earn more of God's love that he's already pouring out over you. It's time to start stepping into that love. There's life to be lived and it's time to get to it. And I've been praying and I continue to pray that this series has awakened something within you, that divine spark becomes a flame that sets your heart on fire and gets you excited to take this message and share it with those around you. But if you are struggling with just existing and, and you know God has more for you, I encourage you to reach out. Reach out to us on Facebook, call the church, put it in your comment section and somebody will get a hold of you. Ask a friend who comes to the church to help you and to pray with you. We're here to build each other up. And if you don't know this, Jesus, the one who came to give life like you've never experienced before, I want to encourage you to take that step of faith today and get to know him. And all you have to do, the Bible tells us that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved and then you start this new life and you start this building up process and you learn how you truly get to come alive. So if you wanna start that today, I just want you to pray this prayer or something similar with me. Jesus, I want to know you. I want to come alive and experience this abundant life that everybody keeps talking about. So I confess now with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are Lord. God, I ask for wisdom and revelation in every aspect of my life. And God, I just pray that you surround me with your love and put people in my life who can help me along this new adventure that we're taking together today. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, if you prayed that prayer, whether it's the first time or the millionth time, you are part of an amazing spiritual family, an eternal family. Put it down in your comment section because we want to reach out to you and we want to get some resources in your hands to come alongside you and help you on the spiritual journey. And then just one more thought before I leave. Anytime God moves your heart, the enemy is going to try to convince you at the first chance that he gets that it was a lie and an illusion because that's what the devil does. He lies. So I want to encourage you to Cling to the truth that was spoken over you today because that truth sets you free. I want you to focus on it. I want you to read it in the Bible. That's where we find God's truth. Read it, speak it, write it down, walk it out, and then finally share it with others. Tell somebody this week about something, some truth that God has spoken to you today. I want to pray over us. God, thank you so much for your spirit of wisdom and revelation that you so freely pour out upon us when all we do is ask. 
So God, today, just give us more. Give us eyes to see you. Give us ears to hear from you, God, and give us a heart to receive you in Jesus' name. And I just pray a blessing over my brothers and sisters. Bless their, their health, their finances, their relationships, God, their careers, Lord. God, bless their families, their children their grandchildren. God, let them see you today and give them eyes to see you each and every day, God. And I just pray that you are constantly shining, allowing us to shine our light and piercing that darkness so that we can invade that darkness and snatch those people from the fiery flames. God, teach us how to do that as we walk in you and grow in you. Have your way with us. I love you and I praise you in your name. Amen. Well, guys, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor and a privilege every time I get to share with you God's word. Have an amazing week, and I will see you next time.